Can human beings smell Parkinson's disease? The internet says it's true. Hey there, and welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds made up but is really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent, and this is episode 160. Welcome back, and I hope you're having a wonderful week. I also hope you enjoyed last week's episode about Lester Hemingway and enjoyed my chat with Anthony O'Connell. I know listening back to it made me crave some pizza, uh, but I'm pretty much always craving pizza, so that's nothing new. If you have an idea of a story that would make a great episode, please let me know. There's a form right on the website, theinternetsaysitstrue.com, that allows you to send those in to me, and I would love that if you would just give me some topics for the future. Today, we've got Jonathan Pritchard on the show, who is someone that I just absolutely adore. So I hope you'll stick around for that part of the show here in a bit. Boy, is this great! (laughs) Also, make sure you take a minute to rate and review this podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. That's the purple icon app. I was thinking of giving this place five stars. When you do leave a five-star review, make sure you also include a few words with it so that people can see what it is that you enjoy about the show. Maybe they'd like to hear it too. Go on there, tell me what was your favorite episode or how you like listening, whether it's on your Monday morning drive or whatever it might be. I'd really appreciate that. Also, I have had a lot of car time uh, in the last week. I drove out to Canton, PA in Williamsport last week to do a show there at the Canton Rialto and then headed back a few days later to perform at Penn College. So the performance schedule is in full swing. I do have an announcement of a public show that's coming up. You can see me in Cleveland, Ohio at the Music Box Supper Club on November 3rd. They have those tickets for sale on their website at musicboxcle.com and it would be pretty amazing to show up for a gig and have someone tell me they listen to the show. So with all that said... Get on with it! Yes! Get on with it! Let's get on with it. Here is this week's episode. We can mostly all agree that dogs are amazing. And one of the areas where they're better than us, in addition to always being happy to see people, is their sense of smell. And it's not even close. A dog's nose is somewhere between 10,000 and 100,000 times more sensitive than a human nose. And the part of their brain that detects scent is around 40 times larger and more sensitive than the corresponding part in a human brain. They can pick up a scent at one part per trillion And that's the equivalent of a single drop of liquid in 20 Olympic-sized swimming pools. So while this helps them with things they were bred to do, like hunting and ratting, at some point people figured out they could work together with dogs to, you know, put them to work for us. We've all seen bomb-sniffing dogs, drug-sniffing dogs, and dogs that help locate people in rubble. But beginning in 1989, dogs started being used to help sniff out illness. The first dog to smell illness was in 1989 when a dog kept sniffing a mole on its owner's leg. The mole turned out to be melanoma. This launched a ton of studies about dogs and their ability to sniff out ailments in humans. When dogs were put to a test as part of an academic study, dogs generally scored between 90 and 99% accuracy when asked to sniff out clothes worn by cancer patients. The illnesses that dogs can sniff out best are cancers and bacterial infections. When a dog smells something like cake, they don't just smell cake like you and I would. They're able to smell the actual ingredients in the food. So what is it that they're smelling when they alert us to a medical condition? 
While these types of conditions change the chemicals in the body, we might secrete more of a particular type of enzyme or compound. Tumors tend to produce volatile compounds in the body that get released into urine, saliva, sweat, and breath. And this is where it's important to remember how a dog can sniff out a single drop of a substance in 20 giant swimming pools. So if there's something different about that scent, whether it be sweat or breath or whatever, they can pick up on it. And for this reason, we've learned a lot about the early detection of these diseases. But can a human be trained to sniff out these types of things? Well, that brings us to Joy Milne and her husband, and we'll talk about them after a quick break. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing bombs, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. Joy Milne thought her husband smelled like wood. Over the years, he developed a strange, musty, earthy, wooden smell that she couldn't place. He wasn't wearing a new cologne, and he didn't used to have this scent. It wasn't the most pleasant scent, and she took notice. When she had fallen in love with her husband Les, she loved the way he smelled, so this was a big change for her, something that she constantly brought up to him. The couple, who lived in Perth, a small town north of Edinburgh, Scotland, had been married for decades, and this was a new problem for them. Twelve years later, Les was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and when they went to a Parkinson's support group, something shook Joy to her core. Everyone at the meeting had Les's distinctive musty smell. She was actually smelling the Parkinson's. In Joy's training as a nurse, and as the daughter of a nurse, she was taught to recognize certain smells. There are the obvious ones, like a soiled bed or alcohol on the breath. But there are other less obvious smells, like a urinary tract infection, which reportedly has a very distinctive smell. Despite knowing that she had a sort of internal scent library that could help lead her toward helping patients, she never knew that the scent she was smelling for 12 years on her husband was Parkinson's until that support group meeting. Then it hit her like a ton of bricks. It was obvious to her at that point. Obviously, the news that Les had been diagnosed with Parkinson's was horrific. The central nervous system disease is one of the worst ways to die, and sadly, Les passed away in 2015. But the contribution that Joy's gift was able to give to medicine 
has had long-lasting effects and has launched studies around the world that are still going on to this day. See, Joy Milne's gift of smell is something that only a few people in the world have been blessed with. And the science of it is fascinating. What Joy was smelling on her husband and on those other Parkinson's patients in the support group was sebum. It's an oil produced by the body. We all have sebum. When you rub your finger along the side of your nose and you feel that oil, or maybe if you go too long without shampooing your hair and you feel that oil, that's sebum. And in particular, the sebum of a Parkinson's patient contains at least 10 different compounds that are linked to Parkinson's. They're volatile organic compounds, VOCs, produced as waste products of an abnormal metabolism. Now at this point, I could list what some of these volatile organic compounds are, hypuric acid, eicosane, and octadecanal, or octadecan. Basically reading through some of these scientific journals, I got in absolutely over my head. I don't know what any of these things are and I can't even pronounce them. Just know that there's something very special about this as it pertains to Parkinson's. And that is, there is no one definitive test for Parkinson's disease. And analyzing the smell of a patient and recognizing these VOCs gives doctors an indication of Parkinson's long before any other diagnosable symptoms. So doctors started working with Milne, who is now helping them using her super sniffer to honor her late husband and to help future Parkinson's patients. They've taken swabs from Parkinson's patients. And just like in testing the canines, they've given the samples to Joy to sniff, and she's able to identify the Parkinson's patients 100% of the time. But how does this help? Joy's an older woman and won't be around forever to help diagnose patients all over the world. This is where we learn about an electronic nose. There are machines that can actually sniff for compounds once they know what they're looking for. And scientists have developed a mass spectrometer to basically do what Joy is doing with her nose. Now that they know the specific biomarkers, scientists and doctors are well on their way to being able to diagnose Parkinson's disease much sooner. So next time you're on the subway and you smell someone nasty, instead of thinking the worst, maybe just sit back and wonder, maybe, just maybe you could be the next Joy Milne. Maybe you have a super sniffer picking up the scent of some new undiagnosed disease. The internet says it's true. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend. And today I'm calling Jonathan Pritchard. Jonathan is a speaker, author, mind reader, all around great guy. I love this dude. I got to tell you, um, last time I saw you, man, I was in Brevard, North Carolina, and you actually came to my show because you're not far uh, from that region. How have you been? Doing great. Yeah, that... That's weird. Like that totally blurred out. It was like, wait a minute, that was actually recently. That, that wasn't years ago. It, it feels like it's been years already yeah. because of uh, you know having a kid and and just life on the road. Yeah, it's all it's all just a huge blur. That was probably last fall. They did just contact me to come back, but I don't think it's going to work out. Uh, I know I'm not sure I'm going to get down there because like. It was they were it was trying to we were trying to sandwich it between two other things and it was going to be crazy expensive to do and. Um, yeah, but I I love that region of the world, man. How how are things down there in North Carolina? Fantastic. I mean, it's everything I've ever hoped, wanted, and dreamt for. I mean, like I grew up around here, so after living all over for twenty years and and touring all over the country and seeing all of it, I was like, you know, I really miss being back in the mountains. 
And a couple of years when everything went sideways, I was like, well, if everything's going to go even more sideways, let me go do it in the woods where I grew up. So I didn't know you grew up around there. For some reason, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I thought you were from Texas. No, no, that I I made my way to Texas by way of Kentucky, Orlando, then Texas. But I I moved out there to go on tour with Brushwood. Oh, okay. So that's how you know all those folks. Yeah, because I. Brushwood came and did a show at my college in Kentucky, and that was the semester after I had met Randy. So I named drop Randy. I'm like, hey, I work with Randy at the foundation. He's like, what? That's my hero. Six years later, I'm living in Orlando. That's when Brushwood got booked as the Halloween Horror Nights featured entertainer. And then he was like, who do I know in Orlando that uh, I wouldn't have to pay for a hotel? Oh, yeah, Jonathan. (laughs) So that's why he was like, hey, if you want to go on tour with me, we'll spend two months in Orlando and work at Halloween Horror Nights. Let's go. And just to catch our our listeners up, you are uh, primarily a mentalist, a mind reader. Mm -hmm. That's sort of your your main uh, focus. And you're currently doing a mentalism show right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I call it game of imagination. And because I just used that as my, uh, this is just a game of imagination. Picture yourself floating in outer space. Right. Yeah. So then I was like, wait a minute, that'd be a great name for a show. It really is. And yeah. yeah, So, so I'm, I'm putting it on in Asheville doing one show in October. And then if that goes well, hopefully that turns into kind of a monthly thing, just have something in my backyard to keep me occupied so that I don't have to go on the road to get my fix. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into this week's episode. And for our first question, we're going to play for a joke. So if you get it wrong, you got to tell me a joke. If you get it right, I'll tell you a joke. Here is your question. How did Joy Milne, a Scottish woman, know her husband had Parkinson's disease long before he was diagnosed in 1985? Was it A, her dog smelled it, B, she smelled it, or C, her mailman smelled it. I, I'm going to go on a limb, and I think it was her. That's what I thought when you said. I was like, I have no clue. Maybe she smelled it, and then that was one of the options. So I'm going with her. The answer is she smelled it. That is correct. Joy Milne is has a very very sensitive nose, and. She was able to pick up these very particular volatile organic compounds that were in his um, sweat glands or in his sebum that, that he was excreting for 12 years. She smelled this and didn't know what it was. And it wasn't until he was diagnosed and then they started going to support groups where there were other Parkinson's patients and she smelled it on them that she told the doctors, hey, this is valuable. I have a thing. This is something that we need to be able to, <laughs> to this is something incredible. we have. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and to this day, I mean, she's still helping. She's still doing it right now, and they're creating electronic noses that can pick up on these particular compounds. So it really did advance the detection because the smell in these, um, com- the compounds in these in the sebum, you can pick those up on a Parkinson's patient long before any traditional test would have ever seen Parkinson's. So this has the potential of, of diagnosing Parkinson's way earlier than before which is obviously very valuable. So I owe you a joke, um, not a laughing matter when we're talking about Parkinson's, but hey, this is the show. Uh, here is the joke. My wife said she could smell an Indian flatbread from a mile away. 
and I told her that was nonsense. Mm. Oh, I hate that I'm going to be using that tonight. There you go. Use it. Use it on your wife when she comes home. That's a horrible joke, but I love puns. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> a question to... For this next question, Jonathan, we're playing for a story about something embarrassing that has happened to you or that you've been a part of. Uh, so either one of those. Uh, a Dutch yep. man named Ilja Gort. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. it might be. It's probably Ilya. Ilya Gort insured his nose with Lloyd's of London for eight million dollars. Which one of these was the reason he wanted to protect his nose? A. He was a winemaker. B. He was a model. Or C, he was just eccentric. I'm going to go with winemaker. Yeah. I, I dated somebody who was on track to be a sommelier. Okay. And that that sounds like a, a thing that would make sense. So so because of the fact that your your ex who was a sommelier uh needed she you knew that the nose was a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. She she would just smell everything and <laughs> it, it it was it was much like the the woman with parkinson's yeah this she just seemed to be able to smell things that i will never ever pick up well you are correct that is the correct answer uh he was a winemaker and uh he his nose was a big part of him creating wines now, my wife has the most sensitive nose uh she can tell me when someone three cars in front of us in traffic is like smoking a cigarette, she can be like, I can smell this or that or whatever. And I can't smell any. She'll ask me, can you smell that? My nose is just ruined. Apparently. I don't know. I guess I eat a lot of spicy food and I feel like that depletes the function of not only my taste buds, but my nose also. It's weird. Well, your nose is very linked into taste and it's a big part of taste. And I never knew that more than when I had a whole bunch of surgery done on my nose back in like 2010, the inside of my nose just basically got, you know, routed. Um, and uh, I love spicy foods. And for a couple of years after that surgery, I had trouble eating spicy food. It was too spicy for me. I gained a ton huh. of sensitivity when I gained back a lot of smell. Right, right. Now, th this will be the worst story you've ever heard because I don't know most of the details. <laughs> okay. But have have you seen that flavored water? That's a smell ring that goes around the water spout. No. So it's not actually flavored water. There are what? no flavorings. It's just a scented <gasps> ring that makes the water you're drinking taste like what you're smelling. I don't know anything about this, but I am so intrigued right now. Let yeah, me... I don't know what the name is. I don't know. I just saw a couple ads for it like on Instagram a couple days ago. I was like, well, that's an interesting approach to it. So Scent? no artificial sweeteners, oh no, no chemicals air in up. your body. Yeah. Air up scent flavored hydration. Scent flavored transform plain water. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. I have to talk to my brother about this. Um, my brother is a, a food scientist. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, it's like a little ring. You can build a starter set. It says, what do you get when you cross a Michelin restaurant experienced food scientist, an industrial designer, and a German watchmaker? The Air Up bottle. Wow. No, that's not the direction I would think those two ingredients would combine. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, this is some perfume making. Oh, nope. It's flavored water. Okay. It, and it's not even flavored water. And I... it's not even flavored. Okay. It just 
tells your brain that you're tasting it. See, I, I love I drink a lot of water and um, mm-hmm. and my wife does not. And she's been like this last week. It was like a, she had a conversation with her doctor where she needs to drink more water. And I she wouldn't want me talking about this on the podcast. But <laughs> um, so but one of the things that she does to help her drink more water is, you know, those little flavor things that you can squirt into your water. And mm-hmm. it's just a little bit of uh, th- this. I think she would love. I am going to try one of these. Forty dollars. Awesome. You can build your own starter set. Um, we are not yep. sponsored by this Air Up company. Um, I'm just learning about this, but this is fascinating to me. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, and also Soda Stream completely turned my life around. Really? I was rabidly anti-water, and then you put bubbles in it. I'll I'll drink five bottles of that stuff in really? a day. No flavoring, just the fact that it's carbonated. I I can't get enough. See, it's whenever weird. I've tried like carbonated water when I'm at a restaurant, you know, like a fancy restaurant, and they offer you corn, mm-hmm. I've never liked it. Uh, I've I've never had it and enjoyed it, but I think I I'd I probably know. need to give it another shot. Yeah, I, we just call it spicy water. We're like, ooh, this water <laughs> fights back. It you is know? spicy water is a great name for it, and someone should market spicy water if they have not already. That's such a uh, good name for it. I got to check to see if that URL is available. Yeah, spicywater.com. Avalanche be, of I have so many URLs of things that I'm like ideas that that I had once, um, and I'm not yeah, going to talk about be them funny. on here because then someone will steal them. But too bad mm-hmm. I own the URL. <laughs> That's right. I, if I had five lifetimes to make something of all the ones I own. Same. Yeah. Oh, my! I, I two of them that I'm really excited about are Spin My News and History Share. History Share was an idea with my friend Mark and I, and History Share is a valuable domain, and and we have a valuable idea to go with it. Um, and it's an idea that several companies have tried, and none of them have ever taken off. So. Um, and then spend my news. I still feel like this is such a fun idea. It's just a website with news, right? Like you pull in like an AP news source and then people rewrite the headlines to spin that story, either left or right or libertarian or, um, Satanism or, you know, like you could, you could have a whole bunch of different ways to spin a story as a headline. Um, and it's the same news story, but then so it's user con- con- user contribution, but then you can, as you're reading it, you can you can click, you know, spin my news left, spin my news right, or whatever, and hear and read through these funny headlines that are people have written. I don't know if that's I, a thing. I love it. I, it's yep. an interesting idea. I don't know if anyone would ever do that. How about did you find is uh, is spicy water available? Oh, I didn't. I didn't look for it. Who is? We need to know. Um, this is where I need a um, producer. Hey, Jamie, check, uh, see if spicy water right. is available. Yeah, I just had my assistant uh, check and <laughs> yeah. spicywater.com is unavailable. Oh, is it a website yeah. or is it just someone parked the URL? I, I don't we know. We should go to at it least, just to uh, know because that'll at least tell us spicywater.com. Yeah, nope, it's just parked. It is. It's nothing. So someone else has it's some not- sort of idea. That it's probably free been, courtesy of GoDaddy. It's probably been 20 years since they came up with the idea. And here we are talking about it now. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I, tr- I tried buying a URL once and yeah. go and GoDaddy's uh, broker service. They're like, get this domain for $99. I was like, awesome. Sold. Then they were like, well, now that you paid for our service to bid on your behalf, I was like, wait a minute. What? Oh, no. I'm a better that's negotiator what the than you are. Oh, no. 
oh, come on. So I just paid $99 to have somebody else do my business for me. Yeah. So that's, that I was, the I was like, the no, fee. misleading. Give me my money back. I, I don't want it. I've used GoDaddy's domain broker to try to sell some of mine, and I haven't had any luck selling mine for anything more than because some of the ones I have are pretty valuable in terms of like the the, the value that they assign to it. But the, mm-hmm. the weird thing about domains is that that value jumps up if it's a domain that's been in use. If there are visitors to the to that domain, then it's much, much more valuable. Whereas if it's just Sense. a good idea, it's not worth all that much. So. Right. But if a lot of weirdos like me go to spicywater.com every day, they're like, oh, this already has built in traffic. This is a valuable domain. All yeah. right. So for the question, we were playing for an embarrassing story and you got it right. Um, and so I have an embarrassing story. And this just came to my mind because we were talking about it. Um, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not. So whenever <laughs> I was in college, um, the the thing with magicians was last name magic.com that's like the domain that was like a becoming a sort of a standard and so i registered kentmagic.com which i have to this day kentmagic.com um and i but i considered for a second michaelkent.com and then decided against it for some reason because i guess because kent magic was the thing so i didn't buy michaelkent.com didn't realize the value of that and then soon after i got um I, I looked it up and it had been taken and I offered this guy money for it. He was a consultant, this other guy named Michael Kent. He still has it to this day. And I, every year for probably six years, I offered him a thousand dollars more than the previous year up to $8,000. I offered him $8,000 for michaelkent.com and he still will not take my money. Um, so now you can find me at michaelkentlive.com, which is the closest I can get to that. I also own michaelkentdead.com because um, that made me laugh. But anywho, yeah, so that's my embarrassing story. I've offered up to $8,000 for a web domain that no one's going to visit. We we both have similar thresholds because the domain I was trying to get was jonathanpritchard.com, which I used to have, then let go. I let it lapse because of some weird year of my life. I just lost track of everything. And then (laughs) I try, I look and then, Oh, somebody camped it and it's now on sale for $9,997. That's a lot of money. The difference between $8,000 and $10,000 is a lot. That's just, I was like, I want it, but I'm not that important. And also, I have an arch nemesis, Jonathan K. Pritchard, who is a research scientist and he he has all sorts of high level edu backlinks to, to his name. So he's the guy that shows up if you Google Jonathan Pritchard. Really? Yeah. But all the pictures are me. Okay. And then YouTube is me. But the the search engine result page is all him. Drives just, me nuts, man. Yeah, I bet. Well, I'm just glad there used to be a um, a male porn star uh, with my name that all, you know, the 20 years ago, all of the Google image searches, like if you just search for Michael Kent and clicked images, that's all you got. And you had oh. to have your safe search on because it was like full spread, but like it was bad. Um for you know for business so i would always tell people don't google image search me which they would and then they would laugh but that's amazing yeah and then there was another one uh guy that was actually in uh, the book of mormon on uh, broadway um with my name um uh, but 
nowadays, if you Google my name, you're going to find me and you're going to find Prince Michael of Kent uh, in the UK. So, all right, the that's that's a yeah. good, good but I, company to be in. And, and I've got 20 years of performing the random, you know, like it's not 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 too many people with my name. Um, turns out, you know, male porn stars don't get in the news quite as often as magicians, <laughs> I guess. So not as often as you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. I've shared multiple embarrassing stories now. All right. Question three for this question. We're going to play for a sticker. You are currently two for two. Um, the sticker is, is a square and it's orange and I owe so many people stickers, including some people who, uh, a couple weeks ago, I didn't have a guest cause I was on the road and I just used the honor system and I did have several people write in and telling me they got questions right. And so I owe you stickers. I'll get them in the mail when I get to it. Uh, here's your question. Every year, Eugene, Oregon holds a competition for dogs to, to test their sniffers against each other. What specifically are these dogs sniffing for? So this is in Eugene, Oregon. I believe it's held in the summer. Um, is it A, drugs, B, cadavers, or C, truffles? Oh. All right. I, hmm. I'm going to say cadavers. The answer, it's truffles. Uh, so according oh. to the website... The Joriad North American Truffle Dog Championship invites so-called truffle dogs and their owners as the canines uh, compete to find hidden truffle-scented targets from chihuahuas to legato romanolos. Dogs of all breeds are invited to compete in the Joriad. Um, I don't know. I could not find. I didn't really look that hard, but the, where, where the name Joriad comes from. But the fact that they call these dogs truffle dogs made me laugh. Um, yeah. Like, What kind of dog like, is that? It's a I truffle dog. Yeah, I would have never I would have never thought, but I get I mean, it makes sense. It does. Yeah, I, I've always thought of like tr like truffle pigs, like pigs that love truffles. Is that a thing? But it makes sense. Yeah. I've never yeah. Even like, heard that phrase. like that's that you're in the in the truffle world, which, you know, I am well, well versed in. Well, I have a question about that uh, because truffle is kind of like cilantro. And that some people mm -hmm. love it and some people hate it. And I think it's probably a genetic component that makes you love it or hate it. And I love cilantro and hate truffle. Cannot stand the taste of truffles. How about you? I hate cilantro. I love truffle fries. Okay. Like Parmesan and truffle mm -hmm. oil fries. Always great. My my wife is like you love cilantro, but every time there's any kind of truffle in anything, she's like, "There's something about this that I hate. It's huh. it's awful. I don't know what it is, it's, and it's always truffles." Interesting. Yeah, I have a truffle sauce my yeah. wife got me, and uh, and I just I just can't do it. I I just can't. I I don't enjoy it, which is weird because I love a lot of different types of foods. So yeah, I can't I I can't remember the last time I've had like for reals like shaved truffles. Yeah. Well, so I don't I don't know what the actual thing tastes like, whether it's just like pure umami or yeah, yeah. or what, but I'll try it. All right. All right. Uh, OK, so you're two for three. Question four. We're going to play for our favorite snack. And when I say this, I've not done this this one before. Uh, I don't mean just telling me you're going to send me your favorite snack in the mail if you get it wrong. If uh, if if you get it right. I'm going to send you my favorite snack. And this can be candy. It can be any just snack. Just don't send All me right, truffle deal. oil. Um, okay. 
Dogs that have been trained to search for cadavers can smell a human body underground. How deep down can these dogs detect a body? Is it A, 15 feet, B, 6 feet, or C, 2 feet? I'm going to say 2 feet. The answer, believe it or not, 15 feet. 15 15 feet? feet? Dogs can smell a human body 15 feet under the ground. Can you believe that? I would have for sure been caught by cadaver dogs (laughs) if I had to bury a body. I I, I would not have thought, yeah, let's get 15 feet down to be safe. I wouldn't have either, but I've watched enough true crime to know that the thing where you like bury an animal on top of the body doesn't work because they do train these dogs to smell the difference. And uh, I read this in researching this episode when a dog smells a cake where like you and I would smell cake. A dog smells the ingredients. A dog, if they could talk, would be like, I smell flour. I smell, I smell eggs. I smell sugar. Like they can smell the actual ingredients. And so this is easy for them because they have like a hundred thousand times the smell that we do. So yeah, they, they can hunt 15 feet underground is insane. That's way too many feet. It is. And I went to the zoo once and did like a behind the scenes thing. And there was a little uh, armadillo thing that they had. And he had hair on the bottom of his, you know, shell or whatever they call that. Yeah. And they said that that hair can pick up vibrations of bugs eight feet underground. So that knows where to stick its nose in and pull up bugs. It can can, just like an ant moving underground eight feet underground and that hair can pick it up. Isn't that crazy? It makes How me did think we like, get to the top of the food that's, chain. That's exactly like, what I was about to say. Like, it makes me think like we are so underprepared for this world. Yeah. Like to me, I don't like how my back hair moves in the pool. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, the water's sloshing around. Like what, what advantage does that have? Well, you're staying warmer than those of us without any back hair. <laughs> that's um, right. That back hair might prevent back knee though. And maybe it's, it may be the sebum comes off of your yeah. body onto the, I don't know. Maybe it's more sights for my wife to not have Parkinson's. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, just, uh, okay. <laughs> You've done reasonably well. Two for two, two for four, two and two. This one, though, will uh, avenge. I don't know what I'm saying. The question is for all the marbles. If you get it right, you, I'm, I'm going to have you back either way, to be honest. But if you get it wrong, um, I'm just going to look at you funny. That's what we're going to do. Got it. Yep. For shame, for shame. Here it is. If you could increase one of your senses by a hundred thousand times, which one would it be and why? Ooh. Yeah, this one's a little tough. This one probably takes a little bit of thought. So what are our senses? We got smell, taste, hearing, touching. Yeah. What's the fifth one? What am I missing? Taste, hear, sight. Sight? Yeah. So you sight, can s- yeah. see 100,000 times I, or hear 100,000 I would times? have to say hearing. Okay. Like, I would always wear earmuffs and hearing protection to bring it down to manageable levels. Right. Which is not, because, I mean, you see that all the time now anyway, so it wouldn't be weird in today's society. Yeah, but I, I can't imagine, like, the sun's already bright. And then if it's a thousand times brighter, it's kind of like cats can see seven times darker. See, hmm, however you put it, like they can see real good in dark light, right? Yeah. In in the darkness. So, but does that make cats more sensitive to daytime? Ooh, 
they've got real hmm. maybe maybe it's like us where their pupils dilate and that helps you know keep the right the aperture man, like as small as our pupils get in the sun still bright yeah like that would I didn't be think about gnarly. that because I was going to go eyes on this, and now I'm now I'm thinking maybe. But if we around. if we were if we were interstellar already, mm-hmm. then I'd take sight. Okay, because if we were in outer space and we could see the constellations and and everything without the Earth based light pollution, that would be awesome. Right. But for Earth based stuff. We're too it close. would be horrific. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to be a vampire only go out at night. But wouldn't it be neat to be able to like, be like, Oh look, there's Starlink. And then you're, but you're actually seeing the satellites. Like you could actually yeah. be checking out the people on the international space station, like just taking a poop. Yeah. I think the time where that would be most of an advantage would be if you were the night watchman on a pirate ship. <laughs> okay. On a, right? why, like but, that, that'd be valuable. Sure. You could spot the other boat yeah. across the horizon as soon as its mast comes over and you're like, oh, that's a six inch diameter mast. That's that kind of ship. Let's go get them. Yeah. Interesting that you chose pirate versus any other type of ship. But uh, well, you know what? You got it right uh, to go to go uh, hearing. You did hearing, right? I did. That, yep. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't and smell. I would never want to do. Mm-mm. smell would be the Mm-mm. worst one um so sorry dogs that sucks for you i never really thought about it this yeah. way but and and i don't get it because we have Although, a bear that lives around here who mm-hmm. loves our garbage and he just wanders through the neighborhood and knocks over all everybody's garbage cans yeah and i don't get it, it smells awful to well, me okay so here is something that i did read in my research today that dogs don't have like good smells and bad smells everything's just a smell to them they smell the compounds huh. but they don't have like that smells good or that smells bad which was interesting to read because i swear my dog has farted and then looked at me like i did it and then left the room um so i'm <laughs> i'm maybe he was just making sure you saw it was like yeah i did this i'm gonna leave you with it yeah i guess so and, and then here you, you know, deal with this he's like while i can break down the compounds you can't because i'm the superior animal here good luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude all right we should wrap this up uh everyone go check out uh J- jonathan's show tell me one more name than one more time the name of the show uh well i i'm I'm the URL is Asheville, Asheville mind reading show. Okay. Making it as, as SEO friendly Absolutely. as possible. Yeah. That's what people yeah. would search for. Asheville yeah. mind reading show. Look for that. Jonathan Pritchard. Also check out his books. He's got books available both on mind stuff, but also on, so he's got some interesting books about the keto lifestyle, which uh, some of you may find mm-hmm. interesting. I remember going to a buffet in Vegas with you one time and being amazed at all the fat you were eating. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, it's just how I eat, dude. I and just eat t- like a monster. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it was amazing to me. <laughs> uh, all right, man. It was so great to see you and I uh, hope to have you back soon. Yeah. Pleasure catching up. Thanks for inviting me, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the internet says it's true to listen to episodes ad free and a week early support us on patreon you can do that at patreon.com forward slash michael kent if you learned something just now that you didn't already know go to the apple podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words that helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works i don't know what an algorithm is but just do it See you next week for a brand new episode of 
The internet says it's true! The internet says it's true. We'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official emperor, KickTrack. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.